From the nosebleeds to the studio, I am your host, LJ. And today is a very brief but very special episode. We're going to do something that we haven't done here yet. I'm from the nosebleeds. I'm actually going to give you a uh, live kind of uh, analysis of a uh, football game going on right now. Uh, Mac Jones, the Patriots, are playing the Eagles right now. So we get a chance to kind of see a little bit of Mac Jones and some preseason action. So uh, we'll get into that. But the episode four title of the episode for today is going to be the youth movement is here. Now, uh, you're going to see why that watching this game is going to be relevant. Um, Today, going over kind of what I wanted to talk about and going over just, you know, everything that's happened this past week in the sports world, um, you know, for example, the summer league. You see all the how much young talent was out there and just how much they performed was wonderful to see Um, the the preseason, you know, preseason games began last week and they're continuing today and this weekend as well. And we're just seeing the the young talent on display. And uh, it's just remarkable to see along with the MLB and all season. They've just been trouting out young player after young player that's been just kind of, you know, looking like they're, you know, they're superstars, you know, already. And they will be for years to come. So that's uh, this is going to be a very, very kind of fun episode. It's going to kind of remind me how how old uh, I am <laughs> when you really look at it. But uh, yeah, let's get into kind of what I'm seeing here with this um, Mac Jones. Uh, actually, right now they are currently on defense. But I'll tell you what I saw prior to uh, getting live on here. It was actually pretty, pretty dope what I was able to see from him. Um, he definitely just shown, you know, what we kind of saw. If any of you guys that that uh, followed the college football or followed the Patriots, you would know what I'm talking about. You know, very accurate, kind of picks his spots. Doesn't doesn't kind of do anything to you know play out of out of himself, which for the Patriots is is kind of perfect. You know, in reality, it's a lot of how Brady played until you know he really needed to. You know, he he can make that pass, and you know we're not gonna. You don't want to compare him to Brady. It's kind of lofty expectations, but obviously the comparisons are going to come just with the team and the kind of style of quarterback he is. Um, but, you know, so far he's 10 for 14 for 115 yards, nothing major. They do have a they do have a 19-0 uh, lead, so that's good. I'm still waiting to uh, see what uh, Cam has done. I don't think he will get back in the game at this point, so we'll see Mac Jones more than likely finish out the game. But let me just say, man, um, that's going to be an interesting battle to see who, who wins the job, honestly. I personally uh, think Cam should start the season. Mac Jones should kind of wait, learn from Cam, learn from Bill, kind of gain the experience on the bench. I don't think there's there's a rush. I definitely think he's a quarterback of the future. It's just a matter of, honestly, just being patient with him. I think it's the best thing to do. For example, they were with Brady. Um, you know, he started... After Bledsoe got Drew Bledsoe got hurt, and you know the rest is history. Again, it's <laughs> I say I don't want to compare it. I've compared him, but it's like it's it's just there, you know. And it's I think they're gonna go th- that same route at the end of the day, which which would be smart if he's ready to start. You know, when the season's on, and you know Cam is not performing to his best ability, by all means, you know, start the kid. But for right now, I think it's just best that you know we pump the brakes a little bit and just let him kind of acclimate to the to the NFL and. And go from there. So, I'll let you know when the Heat gets back on offense what I see. Right now, we got the Eagles. Really nothing too major to see on the Eagles side of things. Uh, 
J- Jalen Hurts isn't playing right now. He's the main star. You know, we got a, a lot of second string players. Third, I mean, third string, fourth string. You know, try just trying to make the roster. Uh, doesn't appear that the rookie that they just drafted is playing. So Devontae Smith does not look like he is playing at the moment. So waiting to see if they kind of just show him at least and see he's on the sideline. I know he had sort of an injury, so wouldn't be surprised uh, if he is held out for the rest of the preseason and just kind of wait for the regular season. But um, we'll see. We'll see how this plays. So we got Nick Mullins in at quarterback right now. And, yeah, so, again, Eagles fans, it's kind of a, a big change now, finally getting getting rid of Carson Wentz, kind of the last bit of that Super Bowl team pretty much other than Zach Ertz. He's pretty much gone. And some of the offensive line as well. But, uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting year for the Eagles fans and the NFC East in general, honestly. Um, not to mention the, the AFC East with the Patriots. It's That's going to be a tough one. Them and the Patriots and the Bills, I think, will be right there. And that's regardless of who plays that quarterback for the Patriots, Mac Jones or Cam Newton. I think they'll, they'll be right there. Uh, able to compete just with the defense and just the improvements that they have made on offense with their receiving receivers, adding uh, Hunter Henry and uh, Jonu Smith as tight ends. And you know how the Patriots love to run their two tight end sets. So we'll see. Mac Jones has a lot to play with. So I'm definitely see exactly when those players start playing as well. When he has the starters, I'm sure that he'll he'll get, you know, acclimated to the job. As, as quick as possible so again not really too worried about it Eagles are kicking off now so probably get to Mac Jones in a bit but until Mac Jones I want to get into kind of just some other rookies uh, that have kind of impressed me over this past week Justin Fields of the Chicago Bears um, funny man it's you know it's one of those things where it's like I don't want to say you're in denial but you know a situation maybe going a certain way and kind of fighting it really isn't going to do you any favors. We all got pride, you know, especially athletes, especially athletes that get paid millions of dollars, especially quarterbacks. But in my opinion, it's just I think with the Bears situation, that's Justin Fields' job sooner than later, whether Andy Dalton does start to begin the season or not. Let's be honest, man. I don't think it's going to last long. Justin Fields look, looked real good. Uh, completed the most uh, passes consecutively without a miss in um, preseason history. So that's a pretty cool stat there for the Bears. And, man, I, I said it coming out the draft. I was amongst many that, like, were questioning why he was getting a lot of criticism that he wasn't warranted, you know. And, you know, because you would hear the the top, you know, NFL draft analysts, Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, all of them just praised Justin Fields. Like, you know, they would say I would take him number two. But then they they would say how teams had other preferences, you know, and it's just kind of weird. Like, okay, what what are these teams seeing and or not seeing? You know, Um, again, we're not in those uh, front offices. We're not. You know, we don't work for those teams, so we'll never truly know. But I think it's it's interesting to speculate kind of what 
turned them off maybe of Justin Fields? Was it just they bought into the rumors? Again, did they see something on their side of things that didn't maybe fit what they look in as, as a quarterback for the future of the team? Who knows? But let's just say there's going to be, you know, some, some regrets on passing up on Justin Fields as well. He put up, you know, he put up a, uh, you know, pretty pretty solid stat line for, again, these, these are all limited minutes. They're not playing too many drives. They're not playing the whole game. But I think even with the small sample size, you can see. Um, and a cool little advanced stat here. He was uh, six for six with 91 yards and a TD on passes held for more than four seconds. Um, that was also, again, I think a pretty cool stat. Again, he did finish out this game. He led the Bears to 17 points in the final four drives. So I thought that was a pretty pretty unique thing to see from a young player so early, which which goes into just kind of my whole theme of the episode here. This is just awesome to see all these young players just be, be so developed and so poised at so young. All right, Mac Jones with an eight-yard uh, throw down to the running back there. Didn't quite get a look at his name. Little eight-yard, little little short pass there. You know, nothing too major. You're going to see a lot of that, honestly, when you see Mac Jones, which is why I say it's going to be reminiscent of Brady if you're a Patriots fan or you just ever seen Brady play or how the Patriots kind of play. You're, you're, you're going to see a lot of the, the dink and dunks kind of th- throwing to the running back. All right, here we got, here we got him hiking the ball now. Uh, toss to the running back. Running back, okay, pass to the first. Scrambles, oh, breaks the tackle. He's going, okay. All right. Gets tackled there, I believe, at the 49. All right. So, you know, so far so good. Mo- moving the ball pretty pretty well. As you can tell, the score is now 25-0. They scored on the last drive. So, okay, running back there was Stevenson the, on the uh, handoff there on the toss. So, we'll see if he ends up making the roster. Patriots are pretty stacked, that running back. But, you know, they with, with the injuries that always occur to them, I don't think there can ever be too much depth. So, that's going to be pretty dope to see. All right, snap the ball. Okay, another handoff to Stevenson there. All right. Get about six yards on the play. All right. All right, again, you know, fairly conservative. Kind of what you expect there. So we'll see. You know, kind of waiting to see some wild throw. Uh, I don't think we're going to necessarily see anything too crazy, but there's a time to take a risk. The preseason is definitely the time, if I say so myself. So, let's see what we got. All right, snap the ball. Again, they're at their own 49. Okay, we got about a 15-yard gain to Jacoby Myers, it looks like. All right, nice nice little spiral on the ball. Good pass, Mac. A little corner route to the left. Kind of Jacob Myers kind of fell, so you know didn't really get and you know did get tackled after. Didn't really get a chance to get up and kind of get more yards after the catch, but definitely think that um, good ball. Okay, a little toss, another toss back to number forty-two. Again, I can't see his last name here yet. Taylor. All right, running 42 for the Patriots, Taylor. So, we'll see here. We're just going to finish out this 
this drive for the Patriots. Again, this is the first time we're doing this, so thank you guys for for being a part of this this live NFL broadcast from yours truly. Um, again, I definitely would like to kind of do this more. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. I think this is kind of a dope thing to maybe do. All right, incomplete pass to Myers again, broken up by the defense. All right, second and ten here. All right, we're in the third third quarter here with about three thirty seven left to go. So, pretty sure Mac Jones will finish out this game, considering it's you know division game, division, not division, but you know, excuse me, uh, a rivalry in the history between Eagles and the uh, Patriots. So, see what happens there. All right, a little another handoff to the running back. Game maybe three yards on the play there, third down. Third and seven, it's looking like. All right, so let's see what we got here. Uh, gonna have to pass the ball now, so <laughs> we'll definitely see if we can see a little bit of more there. And oh, correction, person who caught the receiver who caught the pass on the last play was a Zuber. All right, Myers is seventeen. Uh, this this guy was nineteen, so wanted to clear that up. Again, don't know the first names yet. First time seeing these players, but all right, Mac Jones with a first down. Two sunshine over there, Mr. Blondie. I don't know what his name is. Can't see. Excuse me, sorry. Sunshine is a uh, Trevor Lawrence, his nickname, <laughs> which we'll get into. Okay, can't even pronounce it, so can't really see it. So I will. We will get back to that. All right. And touchdown drive now, first and goal. Okay, Mac Jones, that's back in the pocket. And, oh, touchdown broken up by the defense. So close, so close. So, 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 so close. Oh, well, try again. Still got uh, two more downs here, three more downs, really. Second and goal, so we will try it again. I think this is a <laughs> pretty dope experience for uh, for me, guys. So, again, let me know if this is something you're interested in the future. I would definitely lo love to do so. Okay, handoff to the running back. And do they get in? Do they get in? Do they get in? And touchdown, Patriots. All right, 31-0. Really not that excited for the Patriots. Let me clarify, guys. But, you know, we celebrate scoring when scoring so <laughs> all right so that, that's gonna do it for that live coverage there uh i thought again thing was pretty cool let me know what you guys think if we want to do that for future episodes depending on what games uh i would i would have a blast doing it so this was this was fun it's all right now we're just gonna get into kind of these other quarterbacks that we've seen that i've seen during the preseason the young ones uh Going on to the Jets, uh, Zach Wilson. You know, modest six, in his first game, modest 6 for 9, 63 yards, 86.8 passer rating. Only two drives. Again, he didn't play fairly too much. But a lot of what was said about him coming out of college as far as you know, the good things you heard, you saw in those two drives. Again, limited standpoint, but the um, accuracy was... was not perfectly there, but you could tell he was he he had the arm. 
and he 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 has the the swag, you know. He has what it it takes. You would think to survive in New York. So on that part, I think he'll be good. Um, he's 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 getting a lot of comparisons to Johnny Menzel, which you never want to hear that. It's you know anybody anybody that uh, remembers you know Johnny football, uh, the way his career kind of ended in the NFL didn't you know end in the best way, you know, but. Um, at the end of the day, I think we don't need to keep giving these kids like that negative expectation. Like, yes, be realistic in these comps, but like you hear, you're calling coward, like kind of talk about it. And it's no shade on him. I definitely don't want to get, <laughs> get any into any of uh, spat, you know, with any other, you know, media personality like that, especially someone like that. But at the end of the day, Let's be honest, like, it, when when you hear the Manziel criticism and how he kind of talks about him, it's it's it, it seemed kind of harsh, you know. Um, and again, to some people, may not take it that way because at the end of the day, he did, he did, you know, he is not in the league right now. So you could say whatever. But I just think, again, we, we kind of dealt, like I talked about in, in my first episode, when I was hearing the comparisons, I was just hearing so, a lot about the off the field kind of things that when we hear Zach Wilson, we haven't like, he hasn't gotten to that point yet. So like, if we're, we're going to talk about football and the comparison, I completely can, I, I can see the comparison, you know, smaller quarterbacks, how they play. And he did, he did start off with that, but then he kind of got a little bit deeper into just kind of talking about just, you know, different, you know, things outside of football and comparing him to, you know, Johnny Menzel and how he wasn't as focused, et cetera, et cetera. And then kind of, um, you know, you know how he feels about Baker Mayfield. <laughs> uh, and like he kind of drew that comparison around as well. And it's like, again, from a, from a play standpoint, I could see it, but we don't need to really say he's going to end up like, you know, being wild because we don't we don't really know that and I think it just puts an unfair pressure on these kids but I think again to the point these kids are are bred differently these days whatever they were feeding them uh I was not getting fed that's for sure <laughs> and uh nah man but it's, it's it's just amazing to see so again we just don't need to be so so harsh yes be critical of the game that's it's especially in the media sports media that that is their job that's that's what we're here to do that's what you know kind of people look for in the sense when they're looking to listen to these you know this kind of content but at the end of the day there's, there's ways we can do it you know that that doesn't have to come off so negative in my opinion but as we continue want to talk about um trey lance as we speak of of negativity um he do, he seemed to get a, a fair amount as well again accuracy wasn't there Five for fourteen from the field, one hundred and twenty-eight yards. A TD, fairly inconsistent. Got sacked a few times. the The main highlight, he threw like an eighty-yard touchdown pass, which even then people were kind of picking it apart. Like, oh yeah, it's just the one play. His yards came from the one play, and yeah, but again, preseason, first time kids played football in over a year. Like, I think we got to give you know give give them some slack at the end of the day. So. I'm not really too worried. They drafted him for a reason. I, I, I swore up and down they were going to go Mac Jones. 
Um, I'm surprised. I'm not super surprised it went Trey Lance because as the draft did get like closer to the day of, you heard the Trey Lance reports and they were they were kind of ramping up and they were they were pretty much solidified at that point. But at the end of the day, you know, I think a Mac Jones was their target just based on like Shanahan kind of how he coaches. You know, when he coached in Atlanta, Matt Ryan doesn't do too much, kind of stays within within the job. Jimmy G, same thing. You know, and, and, and I figured he would kind of want that so he can have more of a of his staff offensively as a coach. So getting Trey Lance means he's, like, open to, you know, having the quarterback, you know, when the, when the play breaks down, have the quarterback make his own play, which, again, his previous quarterbacks never really needed to do, per se. Um, so, or, so... Let's be honest. Uh, it's interesting fit, but I think it could work out pretty well, honestly. So we'll we'll see. Now we'll get into old, old sunshine, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, man, he he didn't look particularly too great considering they they the he got sacked a few times. Uh, that offensive line is is putrid. They need to get some help ASAP for Trevor Lawrence if they want to keep him healthy. But really, you know, you saw what. Well, you expected to see, saw some zip on the ball. Again, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't play too much. Only two drives in his debut. You know, six for nine, seventy-one yards. Again, main thing was just sacked multiple times, which kind of obviously is going to prevent you from getting the ball downfield or getting it out for that matter. So honestly, it's going to be interesting. Now I mentioned, you know, Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, Cam Newton, Mac Jones. Jimmy G, Trey Lance, kind of QB battles, right? So kind of wanted to get into who I think will have the best career out of the rookies and who will probably be the first one to start. Now, I don't mention Trevor Lawrence because I think that's that's a given. He's starting day one. Zach Wilson as well, starting day one, no question. So as far as for the rest of the top quarterbacks, where are they going to go? Who's starting first? Now, I'm torn, definitely, because each each like starter that's already in place has has a case to already like um, to start right away, honestly, um, and and let, let the rookie kind of come along as as the time goes by. To me going to be a close toss-up between the Patriots and Mac Jones and Justin Fields and Andy Dalton and the and the Bears. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to pick one. So if I had to pick, I'm honestly going to stick with, I'm going to go with Justin Fields starting over Andy Dalton. Now, why do I say that? Again, despite despite what you heard, what uh, was Andy Dalton was uh, reported saying earlier that it's his it's his job to loot. You know, it's his job. It's his time now. I believe was the quote. Um, it, again, it doesn't bode well when like the inevitable is kind of there and you're kind of fighting it. I think through the rest of preseason, it'll play itself out and come week one. Justin Fields would be starting. If not, I think at the very least week two. And again, it's not no to cast aspersion to Andy Dalton. Um, I think he could be a nice 
Yeah, he could still be a starter, maybe on a team, but I I think his days as as a you know top top tier starting quarterback. Not that he was you know superstar level or anything, but I think his days of being a top quarterback are, are behind him at this point. So we'll see. Um, I definitely would would love. To, to see the Red Rocket kind of, you know, have a resurgence at the end of the day. I mean, you, know, you you always like to hear the bounce back stories and things of that nature. But don't think it's going to happen in Chicago. That's just in Field City. And it's just only a matter of time. I do think Cam, another year under the system, does understand it better. And I think we'll be able to hold off Mac Jones a little bit longer. Considering the Patriots, you know, also got him. Didn't have to trade up to get him. I think they'll be a little bit more patient with putting him on the field, considering it's kind of like once you go Mac Jones, you can't go back. So I believe it's going to be Justin Fields, honestly, if if we go that route. So just real quick, another couple, not rookies, but young couple second years, couple young quarterbacks that with some storylines. Uh, Tua Toga Bailoa, um, he hasn't looked fantastic per se, and you know, Dolphins are kind of questioning whether, you know, they have a good pick or whether, in the but in the chance Deshaun Watson does become available, you know, will they trade two and stuff like that? I don't think we need Dolphin fans need to worry, and again, shouldn't be helping you guys out, but you know, because Miami's not my thing, but <laughs> and I don't mean the city, I just mean you, I just mean the teams, you know, I'm a. I'm up here kind of guy. <laughs> but, man, I, I personally just think that the Dolphins do have a nice roster, man. And shout-out also, speaking of Dolphins, shout-out Albert Wilson, 772, putting on for the Dolphins. That also, um, that you know, that is going to bring me out to a game at the end of the day, especially him playing this season. He did uh, sit out last season. He chose to sit out due to the whole COVID situation, so much respect to him. Again, shout out to you for putting off of the city. Definitely would love to get an interview with you too. Uh, just again for the city, man. Cause shout out seven seven two. We we do got a lot of a lot of nice athletes out of there at the end of the day. Right now, currently we got Albert Wilson and uh, Justin James from the Sacramento Kings, second round draft pick last year in the NBA. Uh, Michael Brantley out of Fort Pierce Central, playing for the Houston Astros. Seven seven two man, we got we got some talent. So shout out shout out to all y'all boys, uh, that's for sure. But again, uh, Dolphins fans, you got a nice squad there. Don't worry about Tua. Don't worry about what you got. I think be patient. You'll be fine. Really, really nothing to worry about too much. And then uh, Jordan Love, uh, you know he's supposed to be the Aaron Rodgers replacement. They haven't really seen him play. Last year he basically redshirted the year. This year, in first preseason game, gets hurt. Doesn't get to finish out the game. Before going, before leaving the game, he went 12 for 17 with 122 passing yards, one TD on six drives, 110.4 passing rating. He also lost a fumble. So not bad, not great. Again, to the heir apparent of Aaron Rodgers, you would definitely want to see more. Doesn't like they would play him more for the rest of the preseason either. Looks like they might keep. They're going to keep him out. Which would be smart, but again, then again, you don't really get to see him play until next offseason, next preseason. So, 
And it doesn't look like Aaron Rodgers is going to stay. <laughs> Let's be honest. So I don't know how that's going to go. We will see. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. And um, as we take this break, once we get back, we're going to finish off this episode with getting into Summer League review. Kind of talk about my, my thoughts about the 2021 Las Vegas Summer League, the standouts, and my thoughts on the Magic, Suggs, uh, Hampton, Cole, Franz Wagner, and a whole bunch of just the other top players, Jalen Green, Cade. We'll get into all that. And also just, you know, kind of mention, you know, get into a little bit of the uh, Major League Baseball stars that are that are out now. And uh, just, again, keep the theme of the youth movement we got and just marvel in just the, the sheer talent of, of these young guys. So uh, thank you for listening and just stay tuned. We'll be right back. Real quick, before we get into the other topics, speaking of 772, shout out Destroying. Wanted to shout you out because I just seen field goal miss a kick. And again, give this man a tryout. Get this man on a squad. Give him a chance. I know that comes a lot with the social media stuff. and NFL teams, come on. It could be good for you. But I'm seeing all these missed kicks from 20, 30 yards out and I am not an NFL kicker, by no means ever really attempted to kick a field goal, if I remember correctly. So, I may not be the, the expert on, on kicking a field goal. However, I do know, if that was my only job, and I've been to football practice, so I know, that is their only job, to kick the ball. Okay? That was my only job. I think I'd be pretty damn good at it. Again, not to say these guys aren't good, because when you're in the fold of pressure, it's tough. And I completely understand that, because especially at a pro level, let alone even high school or, or college, like, shoot, that's pressure. That's hard. That that part of it doesn't frustrate me. It's just, how is it so widespread throughout the league? These are the professionals. We should be looking at these guys and, like, Thinking like, okay, yeah, these are the pros. We, should, we shouldn't we should be able to to think that we could do these things, you know? And again, it's easy to talk from this side of, of the microphone and stuff like that. But again, I think with, with the work ethic, work ethic I got and just the cat, the calves that I used to have, we'll get them back, <laughs> uh, back, back in the, in the younger days, 
I would definitely be at least a above average field goal kicker. But again, that's my opinion. Uh, but again, just give destroying a tryout. That's really the point of the red. It had nothing to do with me. Uh, I think I think he's well deserved. Just because, why not? He could bring more than just talent to the team, as, as as I'm sure most teams are aware of. Which again, maybe that's the reason. But to me, this this game's all about marketability and and being able to do your job. And I seen the kid since high school. He's been super dedicated from obviously from day one. Um, he had to make a tough decision with the NCAA and choosing the YouTube and making money over being able to play. Some might have questioned that, his character, his love for for the game at that point. But when you're put in a situation where, you know, a lot of people are playing football to to make it out, when you've got a situation where you're making it out, you know, different. But shout out to you. Get you on the podcast as well at some point. Let it be dope again. 772, they need need this. They need to hear just, just, just the... The, the success that we, that we that we're having and that is possible i i think that it 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 would be great for everybody for you me any other anybody that's ever made it out of psl and then done anything great you know that 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 city needs that love they need that that reinforcement that there's more there's more to life than just you know coasting so let's 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 dev, let's definitely get to that one day so Stay tuned for that, guys. <laughs> but all right, as we're going to continue, uh, want to get into the MLB real quick. Um, man, the, the young talent that we see in Major League Baseball now is something, again, I've never seen before, most definitely. And to a lot of the older fans and quote-unquote purists of the game, they, they don't like how these young guys are kind of bringing the, the swag and kind of cockiness and the attitude to the game. I, for myself, love it because it makes the game fun. And at the end of the day, they're grown men playing a kid's game. You know what I'm saying? You got to have fun. Like, if you're not having fun, it's noticeable. And I think that's that's kind of backwards. It's kind of the wrong way to do it. You know, let's, like, come on. I th- I think that there's more ways that we can enjoy, you know, not just sports, but all aspects of life. If we just focus on like having fun, like, yes, there's responsibilities and stuff we need to take care of, which we must. That's number one. But at the end of the day, like have fun, live a little, right? Like, come on, man. I, I don't know. I think baseball is becoming a little bit too like annoying with the whole unwritten rules stuff. And to me, that's, that's why I stopped playing baseball. Part of why I stopped playing baseball, at least. When I did, it just got boring. Basketball was a lot more fun, and you know, I, it's it. That's why it's great to see a lot of a lot of these young kids like being stars because one, they love the game. They're obviously they're great at the game, but but they're showing they're they're, they're trying to show everybody like, listen, you can still be good and have a good time in this sport. Like, the two don't have to be mutually exclusive. Like, let's be honest. So, love to see that, and like. And just gonna lift list off some names here of just these these guys twenty twenty five twenty four and under you know just tearing up the league right now 
You know, starts with, you know, Fernando Tatis from the Padres. Um, shortstop, they kind of moved him out to outfield now. But, bro, that kid, obviously a superstar. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, Vladdy. I, it's funny. Playing with uh, Vlad Sr., was amazing because they're not playing with him, but but seeing Vladdy Jr. excuse me is amazing because I remember always playing the uh, you know older MLB games and you know seeing you know seeing his pops playing with Senior and it was just it was pretty dope, man. Like to just to see now the kid is you know look like he might be. It's kind of lofty to say he could be better than you know Senior, but to even be in that category, I think is awesome. You know, Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, from the Braves, outfielder. Stud. Uh, unfortunately, um, injured for the rest of the season, so we're not going to see him for the rest of the season. But he'll be back next season strong, I'm sure. He will take over. You know, Juan Soto from the Nationals, outfielder. He's He was listed recently in a, in a poll done on MLB.com as the Number one player under 25, Juan Soto. So, he, again, he's hurt right now, so that's probably why you're not maybe hearing too much about him. But you got to look into all these guys, man. These, these these young bucks are taking over the game, and it's it's amazing to see. Like, it it, it has brought me back to the game to, to start watching baseball a lot more, get me intrigued in the game again. And I think that's that's what the sports need, so... If they're smart, they would keep focusing in on the, the, the young guy's marketability, if you know what I mean. So, let's just say the future of the MLB is in great hands. And you're going to be seeing some great baseball for a long, long time. So, if you're a fan of that, you you should be excited. <laughs> so, we're going to wrap up today's episode with... Actually, two more things here, but right now I want to get into the Summer League. And let me say, this was definitely the best Summer League I have ever witnessed. Hands down. Just from the talent, top to bottom, that actually participated, which in a lot of years does not happen. How they performed. And just seeing just the the the, the talent on these kids, man, like. Like I mentioned earlier, like, I'm only 26, so I'm not super old by any means. But these kids are 19, 20, you know, just doing stuff that, like, again, when when, when I was that age, when, when, you know, listeners were around that age, we obviously seen, seen athletes, you know, at our level, et cetera, et cetera. But this is, like. So many of them now, like <laughs> it was like few and far between, at, le- at least where I was from. Like, yeah, we had athletes, but like jump out the gym, kind of like freak of nature kind of dudes. We didn't have many. You know, Larry Sanders did come out of Port St. Lucie, former former center for the Bucks and a few other teams. But I I didn't get a chance to see him play in high school. I was very much younger at the time and. Wasn't really into basketball, so honestly, wouldn't have known. But once you got older and you realized, and um, I I did get to attend a camp and got to kind of 
um, help her out a little bit by like just kind of observing and you know it was it was it was helpful in the sense like able to see just what it's like when when you give back to the community and and just kind of like yeah you you can make it out like you you can do you can follow your dream do whatever you want to do like obviously not everyone's gonna make it to the league and stuff like that but I feel like just he's even chill he made it and if if you know anything about his life story you know he was he was never truly happy so it's like you never know but I just think that having these examples of of talent in the city and just coming back and being able to to provide that example and tell stories and and all that you know to the youth I think is is wonderful so that's just that's just great but as we continue with with the summer league man I was just super impressed with with that with most teams honestly but most importantly the magic um we didn't finish the summer league with the with the best record per se but I do know that man I am excited for this team first I want to start with Jalen Suggs our number five pick let me just tell you definitely our starting two guard I believe Markel was start at the one he was start at the two but we got a star on our hands, Orlando. We really do have a star on our hands. And I'm just super excited to see him play. Super excited to to go to the games, watch the games, cover the games. Just being in that building and, and being around the atmosphere that the team seems to have now, you know. It's really, really dope. And I'm glad that he's, that he's brought it to, to us. But... He, he he played super well. I mean, yes, probably could have maybe scored a little better, shot the three better, but just from an an intensity standpoint and just from his leadership and defensively, obviously, whew, that boy clamped up. Um, as, as I mentioned on the first on our, on our first episode, the block that he had on the two on one fast break. Guarding Kyle Guy, switched off to Moses Moody, went up two hands, you know, stuffed him. It was one of the most incredible blocks I've seen from a rookie, nonetheless. Uh, let it, Like, from a guard, let alone a rookie. Like, that was crazy. So, it got me super hyped because you already know um, he can score on offense. If anybody watches the NCAA tournament highlights from now on, Jalen Suggs shooting that, you know, half-court heave or you know game winner almost um is gonna go down in history so this is just gonna be dope for us to experience as a squad so let's go finish you know franz wagner i think he did a um fantastic job after like the first game once he got a little bit accustomed to he is not a score i think it's obvious but we really, we really shouldn't be worried about that, about him being not being a scorer. He's not his role. He's a Swiss Army knife type of dude, and I think he will get his scoring. His scoring will come around in time. I'm not going to be too worried about that. But he, he was always in the right spots at the right time, defensively, defensively and offensively, and that's what we need, especially with the offensive talent that it seems we do have now. Having that kind of plug-in glue guy, um, 
on defense and on offense just to be able to kind of kind of kind of do a little bit of everything. It's going to be pretty dope. So excited for that. Now, our second year players Cole Anthony RJ Hampton didn't play as as well as they could have. Ignis Brzdenkis too, who we recently signed to a two-way contract. And he played particularly well, um especially Cole kind of when he well excuse me. They only both really only scored seven points a game, but Cole was taking more shots, and you could tell he was kind of frustrated with himself, which, in a summer league, I wouldn't put too much stock into it, honestly, because at the end of the day, I think that things are just going to be better for the team. Cole got his experience last year with the big boys in the league, so he'll be fine. RJ is going to be fine, reportedly, you know, grew to that 6-7. Had a hard time really seeing seeing that. Um I didn't get a chance to see him in person during a draft party. I didn't get a chance to see him, you know, virtually in the summer league. And I don't know. Maybe I don't know what 6-7 really looks like. He definitely grew, though. So, but, man, I, I definitely think him him growing regardless is going to help. Uh, rest of the roster was filled out, you know, with some G League guys, John, John Tesk, a few others. Um, also going to. Filled out with, you know, just a few other, you know, French French roster guys. And at the end of the day, though, the uh, MVP besides Suggs, I think, of the, of the team and maybe the Summer League, one of them at least, social media MVP definitely, uh, Giannis Tima uh, from Latvia. Latvian sensation. Uh, this man, this, this man's a superstar, definitely. Um, and I think that he, he brought that swag and that, that kind of um, that star power to 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 the Magic, which was pretty dope. So I I think the best thing about him though, which I saw, was just his 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 maturity and his poise. Like he mentioned when Cole and then we got frustrated. He mentioned like, oh man, you know, we're just getting too frustrated. We need to calm down. We need to just understand that the assignment at hand. And and you know, it, it was just refreshing to see such a a rookie. You know, because let's face it, this is. He got drafted in 2013 as a second rounder, but this is his first summer league action. So, at, at 29 years old, he's a rookie, and uh, just to see him that maturity from just that hard work and dedication, staying through with it, has been awesome. So, I hope he gets our final roster spot. He would be dope just to pull up in the Lambo at the Amway Center and just be able to, you know, bring bring the Latvian, bring European eyes to the Magic, which is always gonna bode well. So. Let's let's hope he he does round out that final spot. Now we're gonna take a final break here, real quick, and uh, once we get back, we're just gonna finish with the rest of the summer league, and then also we're gonna get into a little baby concert review. Kind of, kind of was able to see the little baby concert last week at the last week at the Amway Center, and uh, I'll give you my my review on what I saw, and just uh, let you know on what I think of future um, artists coming to the NY Center to perform. So uh, stay tuned.
and we are back. All right, so kind of to round up the uh, summer league here, wanted to talk, wanted to give a shout out to the co MVPs of the summer league: Cam Thomas of the Brooklyn Nets and Davion Mitchell of the Sacramento Kings. I didn't know they would do a co MVP of the summer league, but well deserved to both 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 boys there, both gentlemen. Let me just say though. Davion Mitchell, a.k.a. Off Night. Whew. That boy can lock up. Now, now, I was never known particularly for being good at defense or ever trying on defense. Um, as you get older, you realize just how important defense is, especially for a guard. Like, being able to, to, to stay with your defender on the perimeter just, just holds so much weight. And um, granted, there's not many people like, like Davion, let's be honest, that, that kid's a dog. But he, he goes to show you that you could be, you know, you don't necessarily have to be the, the, biggest, the biggest athlete, the best jumper, the tallest guard, et cetera, et cetera. But and when you put in that work, it shows, and and this goes for for all these all these all these kids, but man, the defense is just so impressive, and like especially just with 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 the lack of of that lockdown defense defense in today's game, just from the pure, from the sheer amount of just offense that gets played, seeing Davion lock up like that just brings me joy. Honestly, <laughs> it it gets me hype like. And it's very rare that that defense does that, you know. And but man, seeing that kid, Kings Kings got a stud. Again, interesting with their with their now three three headed monster at the backcourt. But Davion off the bench, you know, maybe in crunch time, put him to start for matchup purposes. Shout out to the Kings, man, for doing a good job. Let's be honest, they a lot of people question the pick, but they they did well. Now to the other MVP, Cam Thomas. Steal. Brooklyn got a steal. Definitely fell way, way later in the draft than I expected him to. But, man, they got a, you know, they got a potential 20-point-per-game scorer, you know, in the NBA, which which I think is, is saying something. So, I don't think he'll be nothing near that right away, but his time his time is definitely going to come. So it's going to be awesome for him to see. Now, a few other rookies that, that balled out. Trey Murphy the third, Jalen Johnson, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, obviously, Luca Garza. Out of all those, uh, obviously Jalen Green stands out, Cade Cunningham. Jalen Green's athleticism, just his ability to just score the ball, it's – Everyone talks about him being, you know, an, an all-star scoring leader. You see it, and you're like, yeah, okay, I see why. See why everyone says it. Kid, the game just comes easy to the kid, at least that part of the game. So, but they definitely got a definitely got a stud there. Also with Shangun and Josh Christopher and Usman Garuba, Rockets did a hell of a job with their draft, man. Josh Christopher, again, looked like a steal. Team slept on him. Same, same with Shangun. I was adamant the Spurs should have should have kept him, but let me tell you, Shangun, uh, 
He's showing why a lot of teams shouldn't have passed on him. So, shout out, shout out to these kids for balling. <laughs> now, a few, a few second year players that stuck out to me that were coming back, but this was kind of their their first taste of summer league, so they're technically still rookies in summer league. But you know, Jalen Smith, Phoenix Suns, Peyton Pritchard of the Boston Celtics, to name a few. Uh, they, they, you know, they, Obi Toppin, they, they just showed that, like, that NBA experience really helped. Now, R, you know, I mentioned R.J. Hampton and Cole Anthony for the Magic. They didn't quite show that, as, you know, as well as, as these other guys. But, again, that year of experience is, is just going to bode so well. So, I'm not going to, I'm not worried about that if I'm them, not in the slightest bit. Now, Summer League first team. Consists of Cam Thomas, Davion Mitchell, co-MVPs, Peyton Pritchard, Obi Toppin, Trey Murphy, Jalen Smith, and Jalen Johnson. Now, yes, I said seven names. And yes, there's typically five slots for the All-NBA teams. Now, considering there was a tie for the votes amongst a few positions, that's where you see, you know, for example, Davion Mitchell, Cam Thomas, Peyton Pritchard, there was a tie there. So they, they added an extra spot. Obi Toppin, Trey Murphy, Jalen Johnson, there was a tie, added an extra spot. So they added two extra spots based on, you know, there being ties. So it is what it is. If there's any time you're going to experiment, <laughs> Summer League's definitely the time. So cool for them. Second team consisted of J- uh, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Luca Garza, Patrick Williams, and Paul Reed. Talked a little bit about Jalen Green. Cade Cunningham looked every bit as advertised. I think it's interesting. He definitely looked like more of a scorer than a facilitator, which I found pretty interesting. But when you look at the comparisons he was getting, Luca, 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 as great as a passer Luca is, he's score first. So it's like, yeah, when you look at it, okay, if you still want to make the Luca comparisons, you can go ahead and still make the Luca comparisons. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's really no reason to to not do so. So that's pretty dope. And now just to kind of wrap it up. Uh, who do I think is the best core? Before I do that, kind of want to get into who I think was maybe some disappointments. Now, you don't want to be too, too um, negative. And honestly, there wasn't many. I did want to mention Josh Giddy from the Thunder getting hurt. Didn't get to see much of him play, unfortunately. But we'll see. Hopefully he gets healthy. We get to see him play. James Booknight, for some reason, isn't getting a lot of love, but he, to me, didn't play disappointing at all. Um, he, he definitely showed why the Celtics kind of let go of Malik Monk. Um, so, speaking of the Hornets, also, Leangelo Ball, I know I talked about him last episode, but Leangelo Ball needs to be on, if not that roster, on a roster. The kick and shoot, flat out shoot, and if anything, I've seen from this league is they need shooting. So, Give the kid a job, in my opinion. Definitely deserves a job. Now, who do I think has the best young core out of all these teams in the NBA? Obviously, I'm biased, and I'm going to say the Orlando Magic. However, you have to look at the young core in which I am talking about. Now, 
we can we can bring in the Hawks as as you know a team that maybe has a broader young core considering there, you know, maybe we could look at the Mavs, want to look at Luka plus whoever, you know. But when I look at the Magic, I look at a whole bunch of players who have the talent of top five, ten picks and either have been hurt or were in a situation where they weren't used to their potential or it kind of messed with them. And now they're, I think now with all the changes, this is the year for everything to kind of just like let loose and, and really take shape and everything play out, you know, as it should for the best. And I'm, that's my mindset with the magic right now. Like once Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac get back and healthy with these young guys, I think by next year we could be back in the playoffs. Personally, I think we could be in the play in tournament by this year, but whether we should be playing for that or if by then we're there and we just wait for a later draft pick, which again, to me, I don't think we need a draft pick, but assets are assets. So we'll see what happens. Personally, I think the city of Orlando is going to be pretty impatient to wait for the winning. So, the sooner the better magic sorry to put the pressure on you but the sooner the better most definitely now to kind of wrap it up for the day i want to talk about the little baby concert um i particularly did not know too many songs of little baby as far as from memory you know a lot you know as they get as they get played or as they get name dropped like definitely started to ring a bell and um but this was the first hip hop con- concert I've witnessed at the Amway Center. And it was dope, man. Like it just to see the the community that support the you know, the hip hop community that support it come out to the Amway Center because a lot of when these events take place in Orlando, they're not clubs or different venues. Like this is the first time in a long time that they've had something at the Amway arena, you know? And it's like, um, and so, you know, Lil Baby, Moneybag, Yo, and Lil Dirk, that was the lineup. And normally a lineup like that will be in a club. So to see them in in the arena-type setting, I think was pretty dope. Um, like, as as artists, young and up-and-coming artists, y'all gotta understand, touring is where y'all gonna make your money. Touring is where the money's going to be made, so make sure that you know you you guys, whatever you're doing, you're making sure you're on point with the touring because at the end of the day, that's what's gonna that's what's gonna separate you, take you far, and keep making you money at the end of the day. But uh, for example, like this, this concert is not part of his tour. His tour is supposed to take place this week, but this was. This was added on basically after the tour as kind of like a a pre a pre tour kind of sh- a pre pre tour kind of um you know warm up show you know so for that still pulled out a, a good crowd and again it was it's as as just a fan fan of the music fan of the hip hop community and everything it's just dope to see that genre of music getting more and more love at the Amway Center. So, you know, definitely, and again, you see these things, you definitely see 
when when somebody has the star power, star potential, you see it. Um, he got he definitely got it. Um, definitely think as far as performing goes, there was people criticizing. You know, maybe not he's not doing too much and da da da. But again, as as long as you're making the people feel the music, you're doing your job. I, I I didn't see too too many issues with his performance. Again, when in rap, you can you, you clearly do so much when you're performing rap. You know what I'm saying? Like before, it just gets kind of repetitive or maybe redundant. So again, wouldn't worry too much about it. But overall, dope concert. Can't wait to have more hip hop stuff at the Amway Center. So if you guys were out there, um, let me know what y'all think as well. But I think it was pretty dope. That's going to wrap it up for today, guys. Again, thank you for tuning in to From the Nosebleeds to the Studio. Again, um, if you guys are interested in in me doing some live coverages, again, just shoot me a DM on any of my social media, I3LJAY. You can hit me up on Facebook, Jay Serrano, slash, or also From the Nosebleeds to the Studio. could find the webpage there. And again, just give me a follow. Give me a shout out. Tell me you want to get on the show. Tell me something that, you know, you, I, I should bring up for the next episode or a future episode. And let's let's get it popping. Um, video, yes, will be coming starting next episode. Um, had a little bit more delays on that, but we will have video up next episode. We're going to have some special guests as well. Alan Anthony from Orlando Magic HQ. Gonna be my first guest. Gonna be a pleasure to have them on. Kind of, you know, give a brief interview on kind of just what what they got going on here, and let you guys know really, really what they've been doing for the Orlando Magic community, and just uh, you know, share share some share some stories and and some laughs with some with some cool people. So stay tuned in for that. It'll be on social media when the episode will be coming. I will be posting previews and and uh, just kind of notifications on everything so again thank you for listening to from the nosebleeds i am your host lj we are to the studio and now that is the night thank you guys have a good one